celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe this is animal radio and here are your hosts hal abrams and judy francis hi animal radio who's this how you doing my name is matt hey matt how you doing good how about yourself very good where are you calling from uh charlotte north carolina beautiful day there today yeah it is actually (laughs) i'm actually from up north but i'm down here are you on the road um actually kind of a transplant Transplant, so, making the move. Making a move. Well, what can we do for you today? Uh, what is your name? I'm sorry. I'm Hal. I'm Judy. Uh, and you're Matt, right? That's right. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Judy. Bye. Now that we got that straight. I got a dog here that's uh, 11 years old. Uh huh. Um, what kind of dog? A slower. It's a golden retriever. Uh huh. Um, big dog, about 110, 100 pounds. But his his legs, he's been licking them so much that they're soaring up to where they're bleeding. How long um, has he been doing this? It's been going on for quite a while, but it's been getting worse and worse. We've been going through the Benadryl, but that just knocks him out and just takes care of it for eight hours while he's sleeping. Mm. And then we put the clear ointment. What's the clear ointment that you usually put on the cuts and whatnot? Something to make sure he doesn't get infected, but it's not stopping him from... He's either got bad allergies or he's got uh, allergic to something. I don't know. I really don't. I don't know if there's some sort of ointment out there that keeps him from licking it off that's got a you know, bitter taste to him or something like that, or I don't know. Does he do this uh, seasonally? You know what? We've been trying to watch him on that, and it's hard to say, but no, I, I can't really pinpoint it being seasonally. And you say he's been doing this for a while. How long's a while? I don't know, for a couple of years, really. Really? About a year and a half. Have you brought him to the vet? Yeah, and they don't really help out that much, other than the trash and Benadryl and uh, put the... What's, I can't remember the clear... What's the clear ointment you usually put on cuts? I forget the... Neosporin? Yeah, I'm sorry. We put the Neosporin on just to make sure it doesn't get infected, but I'm, I, I'm trying to think there's got to be something out there or somebody's had to have run across it where there's either an ointment or something to keep him from licking it or... Because yeah. I don't know if it's a nerve habit on his part or whatnot, but it's becoming to the point where the sores are getting bigger. How long have you been, has he been on the Benadryl? For... I mean, it, we only... We don't like to keep him on that all the time. Otherwise, you might as well just stuff him. But, uh, you know what, Matt? It. It, it sounds like you need to get back to the vet. And there's other medicines that would work better. You know what? I just I don't recall dogs or canines being put on Benadryl, especially long-term. Short-term, maybe for allergies. want to kind of right. isolate what your dog is allergic to and what's causing it. Because if the sores are getting worse... You need to you need to isolate it. You need to figure out what's going on there. Yeah, and if you, and if it's from a food and you're continually feeding him the food, that could well, be a problem. The only food it could be is, is I mean, we basically just give him the regular dog food and Purina Adult. You know, so it's Purina One Adult, and unless he's allergic to all the Purina. Well, Matt, a lot of that has uh, wheat and grain as the top ingredient for animals that are allergic to that. That's going to always be a problem. Your vet. Yes. That could create that could uh, cre- itchiness. That- Definitely. An allergic reaction. I, I, I have a cat that's like that. Yeah, you might want to find a food that the first ingredient is meat. Not a meat byproduct, not a meat meal, but get him on a very good food. But don't switch him all at once. Right. That's not good for his belly. Right. What you want to do is get a really good food and start throwing just a, you know, a quarter cup in with his food and take out a right. quarter cup of his regular to balance it out and then slowly build up where he's only on that better food and you might notice a change. When was the last time you were at the vet, Matt? It's actually my wife's dog. Um, mm. um, it's been probably 
almost be he's got his usual checkup every year and i think it's about getting to that point. I, yeah. I would take him to the vet, mm-hmm. tell the vets what's going on, uh, ask the vet about a different food. Maybe the vet could recommend a food or you can look for it yourself. And you know what? The most important thing, I hear this all the time, people go, come away from their vets, so, oh, the vet didn't do anything or I don't really understand what's going on. You know what? You're his client. This is your family member. You need to know what's going on. If your vet does not explain to you specifically what's going on and help you with what's going on, you need to find a new vet. Right, right. Definitely sounds like you have an allergic reaction there and that it needs to be addressed before it gets any worse. He keeps going at the, his arms there. They get infected. That could be fatal. So please take right. care of it immediately. Right. Uh, what's your dog's name? Uh, Luke. Luke? Okay, we're going to get Luke a dog toy. I'll send it off to you, okay? <laughs> Appreciate it, Al. You're welcome. Hold on for one second. 1-866-405-8405. Hey, this is Sean Hayes on Animal Radio. Remember to spay and neuter your pets. And welcome back to Animal Radio, one 405 8405 Love to hear from you today. How's your pet doing this weekend? Be careful. It's a time of year. You hear about this over and over. You, you take the tops off the swimming pools. It's finally summer, time to go swimming. Mm-hmm. You always hear about dogs and cats. That fall into the pool that need to be rescued. Dogs, you know, they they have that dog paddle thing going for them, but cats not so much. Except in this next situation, we saw this on I believe it was a Seattle news television station about a cat, several five cats I believe, that can swim in a <laughs> swimming pool. Yeah, I know cats don't like water, is what you're saying. We decided to get their guardian on the phone. Mary Ann, are you there? Oh, Mary Ellen, I'm sorry. Mary Ellen, how are you doing? Yes, as long as you have the cat's names right, that's all that counts. What are the, what are the cat's names? Well, we have Miss Wings. She's a miracle kitten. She's the only survivor out of seven litters. Mm. And then she had three babies, Nimbus, Whisper, and Mr. E, which you say it fast, it's mystery. And then we have a rescue kitten from the Humane Society, and her name is Sabrina. A wonderful little furry family, it sounds. And these are Persian cats, right, with extra long hair, right? Yes. And when they get wet in the pool, I always say they weigh about six pounds each, but 12 mm-hmm. of that is fur. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, and then you have the wet Persian smell of uh, wet Persian hair. Well, I only take them out in the summer because, you know, it's cold up here in the Pacific Northwest. And you're right, cats, most cats hate water, and mine are no different. But they were born in my hands, uh, most of them. And so when we carried them into the pool, we've got a large backyard pool, and our worst fear was that if we... Uh, we would come home one day and find something floating in the pool we didn't want to see. Sure. So, yeah. so this is why you actually taught them to swim, so that if they fall in the pool, they know how to get out. Yes, exactly. And we learned um, b- by having the video posted on YouTube by one of the TV stations. We had three TV stations here uh, filming them. Uh-huh. Is if the water is low in your pool, uh, it doesn't matter if it's a cat, a dog, or a squirrel. They will swim around in circles till they're exhausted and drown. So if you've got a pool, the, the tip here is to actually put a little ladder in that they can get themselves out. If the water's high enough, they can reach up with their hand and grab the top of it and generally pull themselves out. You know, Mary Ellen, I want to back up just a little bit here. What, uh, what were you doing when you decided, why not teach the cats to swim? Happy hour maybe at a <laughs> local pub? I don't know. 
Uh, well, what happened was uh, because of the pool in the backyard, we wanted to know that they could swim. That sure. We wanted to teach the cats that they could swim. So they were outside kitties at the time, and they chase each other, you know, at 60 miles an hour, and then they chase butterflies. And it was really funny because at the end of the clip in... Um, from Evening Magazine out of Seattle. There's one of them chasing butterflies. But So if they fell in, we wanted them to know how to get out. I understand why you did it. <laughs> I, I get that part, but there must have been some epiphany, some point where you said, you know, I think I can teach my five cats to swim. Well, I knew cats could swim. Um, my parents used to go to Vancouver Island, and there was this elderly couple who ha- who had a fishing boat, and they would go out every day fishing, and then they'd put her back. Uh-huh. And when they entered the bay, their cat walked down the beach and swam out to their fishing boat. Oh, it recognized, wow. just like some dogs do when you're three blocks away and they recognize <laughs> your car. This cat knew their uh, fishing boat. So they would reach over and pick up the sopping wet cat and go in, and my parents were amazed. And, I mean, that was like 40 years ago. Wow. So I knew that it was possible. And so with that in mind, um, I invited my daughter over, who's uh, now a paramedic. She used to uh, go through high school as um, she was a swim coach and a swim teacher and a lifeguard. And so we we thought we had that aspect covered. Uh So um, she walked in the pool very carefully. We started with the Humane Rescue Kitty. She was was older. Uh And um, she held her gently and talked to her with love. And, And as soon as... The cat's eyes went from fright to comfort because we we never hurt our kitty, so they know to trust us. Then uh, Ariel took her and held her into the water with her head above it, obviously. And Sabrina started to move her arms. Basically, she was running away as fast as she could to get to the the edge of the pool. But as her arms moved, you could see that the look in her eye shift to oh, I get it. And with the buoyancy in the water and her paws moving, her paws slowed down. And you could actually feel the shift in her body. And then Ariel released her, and she naturally glided away. She looked like a beautiful sea otter. Wow. So then we would catch her and release her three or four times because it wasn't to terrorize her. It was to build their confidence. Sure. Uh-huh. And then um, I write a pet column, and I've got two books on miracles. And it's so fun because you can buy a miracle fiber cloth to absorb water out of the cats afterwards. Because mm-hmm. that's what they don't like, licking themselves with their tongue. A dog doesn't care. It shakes like crazy, mm-hmm. licks itself. But a cat's got a real tiny tongue. And in a, especially with our Persians, it took a long, it would take a long time to dry them. So how did you and your daughter fare in teaching the cats? Are you guys all scratched up? Or? <laughs> no, our cats all have their claws. We believe that cats should have their claws. And because we're kind to them, they didn't go ballistic. They uh-huh. just literally went into the water with us and it's... When I walked in, uh, my Persians, I could feel them, like, lean into me, like, uh-oh. <laughs> and um, then when I lowered them, this, the same thing as Sabrina. They started moving their paws like they wanted to run to shore, and they were, like, almost hysterical. And we would talk to them gently, hold them firmly, and then when we released them, all of a sudden they were like, I get it, I get it. And you could see... You- so how often do they get swimming lessons? Every time a TV crew comes by. <laughs> when I was... Uh- <laughs> When I was a kid, I used to have to wear those little water wings, really up till about two years ago. And uh, you, did, you just passed that stage. You didn't have to use a little inflatable water wings or anything. Just Well, my cats have claws, so I don't think that'll last too long in the pool. <laughs> Would you encourage people that have pools to teach their cats to there's, learn to swim? There's several things. The first thing is make sure there's a way they can always get out if you don't have steps. 
The other thing is I would recommend when neighbors get a new puppy or new kitten to invite them in. We did that. That was kind of fun. Uh, we haven't seen the cat since. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what was the other thing? Well, our cats have gotten so strong at swimming that really? we have to swim after them. We just can't reach out and grab them anymore. Uh-huh. And Nimbus actually loves it. It's such good exercise. He will swim the length of the pool. He won't just go to the edge wow. and pull himself out. Yeah. I can imagine a pool party at your house. <laughs> cats lounging around, having a bath, chasing butterflies. Well, hey, we've got chickens in our backyard now, oh. but we're not going to teach those little things to swim. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that would work with the cats and the chickens in the pool there. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're having a lot of fun there and that you're doing some good work with the kitties. And it's very important that we keep our animals protected from the uh, pool. You can't put a fence around the pool with cats because they'll go right over the fence. Exactly. Yes. And you know what? The story is educational and it makes people smile. And they can go to my website, angelscribe.com. And there's video clips there um, under each pet newsletter that they can actually uh, enjoy other pet stories, get tips for their animals, and watch the kitties swim. That's angelscribe.com. And, of course, we'll link to everything you've heard on today's show at animalradio.com. Mary Ellen and her swimming kitties on Animal Radio. Mary Ellen, thanks so much for joining us today. That was fun. Meow. Meow. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at animalradio.com. Log on. Learn more. American pet owners, listen up. If your dog takes you for a walk, bark nonstop, dig in your backyard, or shows any bad behavior, unwanted behavior you would like to correct, you should be calling me right now. This is the Vladi and Animal Radio. Please call us 1-866-405-8405. We are going to fix one problem at a time here exclusively at the Animal Radio. Hi, this is Clive Sears from HGTV. You're listening to Animal Radio. Please, please remember to spay and neuter your pet. Buddy, don't do that. Don't worry. Lots of dogs eat grass. Didn't you hear? Dogs can get worm infections from eggs and larvae in the grass. Those parasites can even infect humans. I know. That's why I give my dog Safeguard K9 Dewormer twice a year. It's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major intestinal worms that infect dogs and to protect my family against infection. Where can I find out more? Just visit www.safeguard.com. That's S-A-F-E hyphen G-U-A-R-D dot com. Flavocin keeps cartilage, tendons, and ligaments healthy and joints flexible. Hear what people are saying about Flavocin. Concerning my dog Zodiac, I started her on the Flavocin um, probably about a month and a half ago. I have to tell you, for a 13-year-old German Rottweiler um, with spinal arthritis, she made a turnaround in less than seven days. We had thought that we might be leaving her this year and have to put her down, but she seems to be really reacting to it very well. To find out more, visit www.yourolderdog.com. That's yourolderdog.com. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just by eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Protect your dog and your family by deworming your dog twice a year with Safeguard Canine Dewormer. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. Animal Radio is being brought to you by the American Red Cross, providing you with information and training to protect the dogs and cats you love. For more information, visit redcross.org or petcentric.com, a proud supporter of the American Red Cross. 
Listen to the news. Two dogs rescued from a locked car. Emergencies can happen anywhere, anytime. They can even affect your pets. In other news, a local policeman saved a cat today. Being prepared and knowing what to do can be the difference between life or death for you and your pets. The same Red Cross you know and trust is the leader in pet first aid preparation and education. Look for dog or cat first aid guidebooks with DVDs online at redcrossstore.org or contact your local Red Cross chapter for more information. The Red Cross is helping protect our pets. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Lonnie's still in the green room. Tell him to get over here. Tell him to get in here right now. He has a show to do right now. I don't care if there's pizza in the green room. I'll tell you. 1-866-405-8405. 1-866-405-8405. Okay, I can just imagine which, how you can put up with this man. He was like, he said me today, <laughs> put your butt back there in the studio. <laughs> He's one of those dogs that's all bark, no bite. Well, you... Oh, I don't know. I, mean, I, I already made my pee wet, you know. I said, sure, my, my tail was under the legs. And I said, sure, sure, I just, you know. That's what happens. Yeah. So I've become alpha, huh? Okay. Alpha male, yeah. Alpha studio dog. Yeah, it was submissive dog because, you know, submissive dog just, just you know, make one one look at the alpha dog and, and roll over and play dead because he knows if he doesn't, he's already dead. I never knew, so the hell is your husband. I just learned about that. Did he tell you that? I, I, I got, uh, I mean, I called KGB and asked, they confirm it, but yeah, he was the first who told me. Because he's always telling people that. My husband's getting pretty angry. Honestly, I thought he's, uh, you are his mistress. Shh. <laughs> quiet, quiet, quiet. <laughs> Honestly, you know me, Judy, I honestly believe that. And I tell true because, you know, like in Europe, it's kind of normal type of the stuff. So I thought uh-huh. that's what it is. You mean everybody in Europe has a mistress? You know, it's kind of uh, almost, yeah. Unfortunately, it's kind of... Before I came in America, I never even thought that's the wrong behavior, honestly. Yeah. Only Russian guys. No, French especially. That's what they, both of them loves each other. So you have a bunch of girlfriends? If, uh, uh, are you working for FBI or what? <laughs> we report to the KGB. Judy Judy also has, and she's worked very hard to put this together for you. Uh, she's put, when good dogs cross breed. What do you mean? Can you give an example there, Judy? Just don't use the bad words on the national radio, please. Okay, this is when good dogs cross breed. What do you get when you cross a pointer with a setter. A pointer with a setter. What do you get when you cross a pointer with a setter? Do you know? I know. I know. I know what is the, what is the. Uh, in Russia, we have a joke about crossing between Shih Tzu and uh, Pitbull Terrier. It's a bullish. <laughs> <laughs> that was my. That was my punchline. That was her big. That was her big one. And you worked all week on this yes, too. And it was I an old did. Russian joke. I did. And Vlad knew it already. Wow. What are some other ones? Okay, me... well, wait, wait a minute. We didn't answer the pointer and the setter. Okay, the pointer and the setter. What's the pointer and the setter? You get a point setter. It's a Christmas. There's bl- a place around here that that's a, a restaurant. Um, and on the restroom doors, they have setters and pointers. Uh-huh. 
So that you know which bathroom to go into? Exactly. I hate right. restaurants that do that. They have like animals or something. You have to try to figure it out. Which animal is the female? You know, you know, Hale, I'm so bad. Every time when I train the dogs in downtown, I purposely, I, I, I sometimes so bad. I, I maybe like to take advantage of some people or just, uh, I have a low, low tolerance for the human stupidity. You know, sometimes I go to the, like, do shopping, you know, and no, it's typical things, you know, you can record it, you know. And uh, at the end of the line, I always uh, is asking, uh, paper or plastic? You know, I know it's a new area. It's like, and I look in their eyes and I say, in combination, please. <laughs> you want both. Because in Russia, you didn't have either. It was uh, your hand, your left hand or your right hand. I didn't have any paper. I, haven't, I didn't have even a paper towel, you know. <laughs> Back in Russia. <laughs> you know, some people call me Vladiator. What? Vladiator? Vladiator. Yeah, like as in the gladiator, but gladiator. Because I'm exos do performing exorcism every day. I'm exercising evil out of the dogs. Okay, guys. Big show today. Guess who's on the show? I don't know. Do you, do you know? Do you I know. We're going to have the Eddie Money. Eddie Money? You mean two tickets to paradise, Eddie Money? The one and only. That means I'm too old, huh? <laughs> He's going to be our special guest today, and of course, he's a big animal lover. People call us up and they say, you know, that phone number you give out there, does it spell anything? We figured out really nothing in English, but it does spell something in Russian. We don't know what it means. <laughs> I call it Rushlish. Sorry, people, for my accent. A lot of times when I'm doing my performance out of the Michigan, Americans think that's the Michigan accent. Yeah. It's so contagious, apparently it is. But I think it's a doglish accent. It's a doggy accent because I do speak doglish better than english one 405 8405 hi who's this hi this is barbara hi barbara how you doing pretty good and you very good where are you calling from i'm calling from new york brewster new york brewster new york you are on with the world famous russian dog wizard vlade Hi, uh, How are you? Hi, how are you? Good, good, good. Good, good. I wish I would immigrate uh, in America and I would be landed to New York, but I just, uh, you know, came to Detroit and, uh, you know, (laughs) but it's okay. okay. Go ahead. As long as we can get a hold of you. Exactly. Go ahead, my dear Barbara. What 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 the uh, what type of the pain you have? Can I, can the Vladi ease your pain? Tell oh, me, please. I, I want to feel your pain. I hope so. I have a four and a half year old uh, dog. She's half pug and half French bulldog, and she has a. She's really, the mutt. Excuse me. Yes. Oh, and the French she, bulldog boy. They are so like to argue all the time. You know, French bulldog. It's a hard to train. Go really? ahead. Okay. Yeah, I Pog, Pog is Pog is a wonderful. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, she That's, she has a nasty habit of eating her own uh, waste. Okay. And she doesn't do it all the time, but uh, you know it's hard for me to catch her doing it because when I take sure. her out, obviously I pick it up. Uh, sure. You know, throw it Barbara, away. let me help you out. I, I'm hearing the questions like that probably 30 times per day. And yeah. let me tell you, because this is the easiest, easy things we can fix it with the speed of Russian satellite guided <laughs> missile. So 
I mean, uh, why a dog is eating your, p- not your, his poops. No. Yeah, uh, why? Because of a couple of things. Number one, it could be habitually if your puppy did it all the time. Maybe you got it from uh, some breeder who did not pick up uh, the poops after the pups and the pups were eating uh, one, the, you know, together all in a pack and they got to this habits to eat. It also can be when you're switching your dog from one diet to another diet it could happen it could happen also if your dog does not produce such an enzyme to digest the food right and it comes he, he smells that poops on the floor and he still see not see smell some nutrition inside and right. the puppy you think your dog think well you know it's some type of the valuable nutrition on the ground let me recycle it uh, but despite of the problems, whatever problems you have, not you have, I mean, your dogs have, I guess you have, uh, let me tell you what you need to do. I tried many, many products. Um, one works better than another, but nothing works as good as the product by name Stop. Stop by Thompson Veterinarian. So, again... The name of the product is Stop. You can uh, put on the Google Yahoo Stop mm-hmm. um, prohibiting poop eating, something like that, and it definitely okay. will come up. And if not, send me a quick email. It is uh, vladi at animalradio.com, and I will point you out toward the right solution. This product works awesome. You know why? Because unlike in other products, it have a two major components to help you. Of course, we cannot eliminate the habits uh, to do this, but what we can do, we make want to make sure digestion is right, and we want to make sure it has a bad taste, uh, mm-hmm. because dogs are not stupid. They, they, they don't do... F- go- I know you you try to put something in. Yeah, and I know. Yeah, I know. I forbid, deter. Nobody yeah. knows about the stop. You know, I've got it from KGB sources. I mean, it's a great product. <laughs> what is the yeah? What is the difference between what you just said and what I said? I'm gonna tell you just like that. Yeah. Uh, first of all, it has more strong components, and plus, it is a, a complementary approach. Has a digestive enzymes and acidophilus and all good bacteria. So it works in combination, my friend oh, okay. Barbara. Okay. Very good. Now I have other dogs. Do they all have to have this? Because she yes. may she may eat some other sisters. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I would do it too, and uh, I would also supervise them at, uh, as the part of complementary approach. Yeah. And every time when your dog just approach to the poop, clap your hands, make the sound, yeah. which hell is always um, uh, doing on the duty all <laughs> yeah, the no. time. I'm hearing this now. That's the other and way clap around. Clap your hands and such and such. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Will do. I'll let you know Thank how you. it goes. Give that a shot. Let us know how it goes. Shoot me a mail. I'll let you know how it all comes out, actually. <laughs> okay, okay. Because okay. He'll, he'll promise to keep me on uh, unless my methods are working. But my methods works unless you do the right thing. Yeah. I am the ultimate doctor. And my medication works, but you have to take my medication. Period. Yes. Next caller. Thank you. Barbara, thank you so much for calling one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Now, what do you put? Do you, do you put that stop on the food? How does that work, Vlade? Oh, so it's a, it's a works quick. Uh, basically, it's eliminate two out of the three reasons. If you heard me well, uh, hopefully you did. Well, how do you, how do you, Vladi talks once. 
how do you how do you do it? How do you administer it? Do you put it on the food or just just food? put it on the food? Just put it on the food, and it makes the exactly food like taste I said. The three reasons: uh, habits. Number two, poor digestion. Number three, the dog used to eat it. So what it does, it's uh, create a bad taste. Number one, it's improved digestion. So two out of the three. Uh, you shooting, uh, you shooting two out, out of the three problems momentarily. Doesn't Shoot it make the down. food taste bad? Just the poop. This makes poop taste bad. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Hold on one second. There. One eight six six four. Yes. Hell, you're learning so many things from me. Before you was the cat trainer. Now I guess you're trying to do something with the dog. I am learning a lot from you. It really is affecting my life. When people call in for advice about their dogs, they don't understand that you can apply Vlade's techniques to your whole life, and they will help you get along at work. Exactly. Get along with I'm the doctor. Feel of the dog train is exactly my methods. People works on their husbands, on their wives, on the kids. You name it. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. We'll go back to the phones with Vlade, the world famous Russian dog wizard. Next, the Animal Minute is brought to you by Urinoff, the number one vet recommended urine odor and stain remover. To purchase, visit www.urinoff.com. Urinoff, finally something that works. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. A woman who took her family to visit the Maritime Aquarium in Norwalk, Connecticut, has filed a claim against the city because her one-year-old son stepped in dog feces outside the Maritime Garage. Kelly DeBrocky seeks $100 to cover her son's $54 shoes she bought at Stride Right and $50 to cover the money she spent at the aquarium. Quoted in the Stanford Advocate, DeBrocky said, The incident ruined the child's shoes and the entire outing. I was just really skeeved. I thought the whole thing was disgusting. City attorney and dog owner M. Jeffrey Speyer has denied the claim, although he doesn't deny the incident probably happened. He said he often had the same thing happen while mowing his grass, and he didn't think it should have ruined the whole outing. The city's official response? Poop happens. He added that if anyone should be able to understand that, you'd think it would be the mother of a one-year-old. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. There's lots of reasons to need a urine odor and stain remover. Your dog's afraid of thunderstorms. Cat hates being alone. You've moved into a new house. But there's only one reason to buy Urinoff, because it actually works. Urinoff's high-performance formula gets to the source of the problem and removes it permanently, even cat urine. Many odor removers claim to work, but thousands of loyal Urinoff customers, even vets, swear by it. If urine odor is a problem in your home, reach for Urinoff, the odor remover that actually works. Available exclusively at www.urinoff.com or your local vet. Flavacin keeps cartilage, tendons, and ligaments healthy and joints flexible. Hear what people are saying about Flavacin. Concerning my dog Zodiac, I started her on the Flavacin um, probably about a month and a half ago. I have to tell you, for a 13-year-old German Rottweiler um, with spinal arthritis, she made a turnaround in less than seven days. We had thought that we might be losing her this year and have to put her down, but she seems to be really reacting to it very well. To find out more, visit www.yourolderdog.com. That's yourolderdog.com. Hey, you want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.CanineCaviar.com. 
Animal Radio is brought to you by Flavacin. Flavacin improves joint function in dogs, keeping cartilage, tendons, and ligaments healthy, and joints flexible in the bodies of aging animals. To find out more about this breakthrough formula, check out www.yourolderdog.com. Hi, Joanne Worley on Animal Radio. Hello! And please spay and neuter your pets. Be a responsible pet owner. As a matter of fact, spay and neuter your friend's pets also. Give it to them as a Christmas present. What a good idea. Remember, the advice you hear on today's show is for entertainment purposes only. Please be sure to consult your own vet regarding your pet. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. Obesity affects not only millions of Americans, it also affects their pets. According to the American Veterinary Medical Association, 54 million pets in the U.S. are obese. That's why the AVMA is asking the FDA to require pet food manufacturers to label their product with the number of calories per serving. But the vice president of the Pet Food Institute claims labeling would be unnecessary and wouldn't prevent overweight pets. The AVMA disagrees, saying nutritional labels on food would list the calories per measured serving, helping owners to avoid overfeeding. The information would also allow consumers and vets to better compare pet food ingredients before choosing a product. Dog lovers and their canine friends converged on the Capitol steps to support newly introduced legislation aimed at improving conditions in Pennsylvania's commercial breeding kennels. Jesse Smith is a deputy secretary with the Department of Agriculture. This is about commercial breeding kennels. It's not about people who hunt with dogs, show dogs, raise dogs to work, to do everything from law enforcement to guarding sheep to assisting people as service and assistance dogs. That's a very important point. Three bills have been introduced in the State House that would strengthen current dog and animal cruelty laws. I'm Jim Plummer. Summer's just a few weeks away. That means more outdoor activities for dogs and their humans. People know how important hydration is for them, and veterinarians point out it's just as important for your furry companion. The standard rule for proper doggy hydration is to have them drink about one ounce of water per pound of body weight. That's a daily average, says Vet. But if your dog is very active, you need to know the signs of underhydration. Owners should check the pet's gum line for dryness or discoloration. Another warning sign is if the skin on the neck loses elasticity. Vets advise dog owners to provide access to fresh drinking water. Avoid ponds, lakes, streams, or even standing water, which can contain harmful bacteria as well as chemicals from runoff. When it comes to the health of your dog during the summer, veterinarians want owners to remember to provide ample, clean water every day. Just when you thought it was safe to fly your pet north on Air Canada, comes news of a blackout period restricting pets from travel on some routes. The Canadian airline, which was forced to accommodate pets on its flights, announced it stopped allowing them on flights traveling to northern Canada between November and March. The reason? The airline says smaller planes without heated cargo holds are used on those routes, preventing passengers from checking a pet weighing less than 70 pounds as luggage. The airline is expanding that blackout period, though, over this summer, which has angered some passengers. The airline says the animal's welfare is their top concern, explaining that these smaller planes would carry extra baggage during the summer, cutting off proper air circulation in the compartment. I'm Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. Get more breaking animal news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com.
celebrating our connection with our pets. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. I have uh, Ed Begley Jr. on the line. He's waiting. You mean that little blinking light right there? That's what it means, yes. That's Ed. Uh Uh-huh. I won't keep him waiting much longer. Let me get my St. Elsewhere theme. After all, I did spend all day illegally downloading it. Oh, well, then you must play it. Yes. If you're like me, Gen X, St. Elsewhere was a pretty big program. <laughs> and, of course, Ed Begley Jr., he was uh, one of the big stars on yes, he was. St. Elsewhere. And he's joining us today. Hey, Ed, how you doing? Thank you so much for having me on. I'm doing great here in L.A. today. Uh, your new program, Living with Ed on HGTV. We love it. Thank you. And I understand that coming out in just a, well, I guess in a month or so, uh, Living Like Ed, the book. Correct. And it's a guide to the eco-friendly life. What are we going to learn about in the book? A lot of ways to save energy, protect the environment, and to save money. That's a good thing. You know, I, I urge everybody to do a lot of the things that are cheapest and easiest first, you know, to pick the low-hanging fruit, to, you know, try a compact fluorescent bulb, to try an energy-saving thermostat, to ride the bus as you suggested or ride a bike if weather and fitness permit to do all those things that are cheap and easy and in so doing you can save a lot of dough well a lot of people won't listen when you talk about saving the environment but the minute you say save money (laughs) yes you've always been interested in this this isn't like you hopping on the bandwagon this is something that's always been a part of your life what made it so integral for you Well, I started in 1970. That was the year of the first Earth Day, and that got me going. Being a Boy Scout got me going. I was in scouting and developed a love of the outdoors. But the biggest influence was a negative one. It was growing up in smoggy L.A. Mm. By 1970, having survived the 50s and 60s in smoggy L.A., I had a belly full. I went enough already. I don't want to be part of the problem. I want to begin to be part of the solution. And uh, I started, uh, you know recycling i started composting i bought a an electric car in 1970 buying all biodegradable soaps and detergents i became a vegetarian in 1970 and did all those different things that i thought would uh, be good for the environment and good for my health you mentioned you became a vegetarian a very tough transition for some people to make what was it like for you it was very hard and it 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 didn't last long in 1970. I began <laughs> eating fish again because I traveled so much. Uh, in 1970, you'd be on a, a motion picture somewhere, and all they'd have would be canned beans and mashed potatoes. You know, there was no selection. You'd go into health food stores some places, and all they had were those Loma Linda veggie links that were not very tasty. Uh-huh. Now there's a whole universe of choices, so much easier to, to be uh, consistent with that diet now. You can get all kinds of great vegetarian meals anywhere you can go into any restaurant and they've got a vegetarian section of the menu it's rare when they don't yes and then even on the set there wherever you work you may uh, be able to get a vegetarian meal i mean the whole world has changed every caterer that i see on any movie has vegetarian fare and really good stuff they have delicious tofu done up you know with sesame sauce and you know all sorts of stuff i mean every every uh movie set Every caterer really caters to uh, all people. You know, there's a lot of grips, electricians, different people, teamsters that want, you know, they want their meat and potatoes, and God bless them. But uh, other people like myself want uh, a different fare, and they supply that, and it's delicious. And you see a lot of... uh, a lot of people who aren't vegetarians going for it. Yes. There's a stigma that being a vegetarian means tofu. I mean, like one equals the other. And that's not the situation, is it? 
No. I grow a lot of food in my backyard. I've got some delicious cauliflower right now and broccoli, lettuce. It's a beautiful day in L.A. My uh, solar panels are, are humming because there's great sun hitting them right now. i got a wind turbine up there that's spinning so fast it's nearly a blur. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting a lot of power from the area around my house. It's a little 1,700-square-foot house, too. It's not a big house, uh, and I, but I make use of every square inch. I took out my lawn right away. Who wants to waste a bunch of water on a lawn? I'm not a golfer. I don't need a putting green. I don't have any cows that need to munch on grass. So I took the lawn out, put in drought-tolerant plants, and then put a lot of, uh, you know, uh, fruit trees in the midst of the drought-tolerant stuff. I'm getting an energy audit right now. This is the greatest thing. If you hear some uh, subtle noise in the background, we have a guy with an infrared device checking the heat loss. You know, this this is under the category of physician heal thyself. I talk about energy savings and I have all this great stuff, but they're finding right away ways that I can save more energy. There's this highly expert crew in my house right now who are finding ways where I can uh, further insulate cracks that I didn't know that occurred uh-huh. years ago with the 94 earthquake, and they're finding it right away, and they're helping me save uh, energy and save money. You have a few pets, don't you? I do. I have a dog that we got from... Uh, a friend, uh, my friend Robin Lippin's sister, couldn't keep the dog. They had moved to a new place where they couldn't keep the dog. So she was five when we got her, and that was 1996. That was 12 years ago. So she's 17 now. Wow. And I have a cat that's uh, 18 years. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, a cat that I got in 95. Then I've got a bunch of feral cats that I feed. There's four of them left. There At one point, were about 14 cats in my premises because they were feral. I couldn't trap them until mm-hmm. I got really clever. I finally, instead of food, put in a have a heart trap. I put something other than food to get them to go in. You'll probably figure out what it is. What did I put in the have a heart trap other than food to get that female cat to go in? Uh, you know what? Let's throw that out to the listeners. Yes. Can we do that? one 405 What did Ed use to trap these ferals? Instead of food. Instead of food. And call us right now if you think you know. With these animals and being an environmentalist, you must be able to combine the two. How can we become more environmentally friendly with our pets? I know that opening a brand new can of food every day is kind of a mess. Uh, there's yep. a, Yeah. What else can we do? You know, use the best pet food possible, organic pet food with the highest quality. You know, keep things very tidy. Keep the bowls clean a lot so you don't have a bunch of, you know, uh, pests around where you have to use... God help us, I would never use pesticides, you know, but use anything, you know, uh, have the problem having to deal with, with pests, um, you know, to groom them in a the best way, organic grooming and the best kinds of shampoos, what have you, to not use toxic stuff in your animals and not give them toxic food. Um, those are a couple things that leap to mind. And if you have a lot of animals, which we do, you want to, as a result of that, change your air conditioner, heating and air unit filter a lot because um, all that pet here will clog the filter. Mm. Ah. Those are a couple you, of tips right off the tip of my tongue. You don't think about that, but <laughs> I was just thinking about the filter here in the studios. I looked at it last night, and it, uh. it, it is absolutely full of hair because yep. we have four studio cats, and you don't think about that, that it's it's drawing a lot more energy for the central heating here in the studio right. just because of that. And if you have a pet, you're going to have more hair in your household. Correct. Oh, very good. We're with Ed Begley, Jr. When we come back, we're going to find out what the magic he he has to trap the feral cats that isn't food, right here on Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. 
Remember, the advice you hear on today's show is for entertainment purposes only. Please be sure to consult your own vet regarding your pet. This is Animal Radio Network. We're back on Animal Radio, and we're with Ed Begley Jr. Living with Ed and living like Ed, uh, Ed is with us. He has posed us a question just before the break. He had uh, to trap some feral cats, and he didn't use food. Now, this has been a dome scratcher for me. <laughs> I, I have no clue. I'm thinking catnip, maybe? I don't know. That's a good answer. Is that a good answer? Yeah. Catnip's a good answer. And keep in mind, I tried food. They wouldn't go. I mean, some of them went in for, to get the food, and I trapped them, put a collar on them, so I knew I had fixed them. But uh-huh. one female would not go in. She would starve before she would go in because she knew there was danger in there for her. She felt there was danger. Uh-huh. Uh, and she would not go in. So I put something else in there, and there was a slim time frame of which I could do this. It was just a few days. I had a window of opportunity of a few days to do it. It was something that would occur at a certain interval, and if I did it within a few days, it would work. And what did I put in there? Judy, do you have a guess? I do, but you know what? It has to be a female cat that you're trying to trap, correct? Correct. It's a female. That's the clue. That's the clue? That's the clue. That's the clue. That should help you figure it out. 1-866-405-8405. Hi, who's this? This is Cornell. Hi, Cornell. How are you doing? Real good. How you doing? I want to sport a guess at what Ed Begley puts in his traps to trap his feral cats. It's not food. Take Other a... feral cats. Other feral cats. What is the answer, Ed? The answer is her offspring. I put her kittens in there, and you had to do it when they're just like a day or two old, because after that, they're wandering around so much, they'll keep hitting the trigger, and will ah. keep closing. You have to get them when they're kind of just a, a day or two old, very young and barely uh, not even opened their eyes yet uh-huh. and that seemed to work that's how I finally she finally went in for that <laughs> how did you come up with that I guess that's pretty simple when you think about it huh having had this population explosion for years and then finally stopping it to a certain extent but this one cat kept having kittens and it's not a cat you can just say come here kitty and you know <laughs> I couldn't trap it no matter what I did I couldn't catch it, it was very smart so I put her kittens in. She went in for those, and I had her fixed, and she's still living on the property to this day, but making oh. no more babies. One more thing before we go, Ed. I wanted to talk real quick about Begley's Best Products. Sure. Can you tell us a little bit about this? Begley's Best is a line of non-toxic cleaning products. I sell them at Begley'sBest.com or at EdBegley.com, and they're in Whole Foods and Wild Oats and lots of markets, Mother's Markets, Lassen's Markets, and they're totally non-toxic. What I want to do is to do what... Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward did with their Newman's own product uh, line to have good products and then give a lot of money away to charity. We give money away to uh, Animal Acres. We give money away to the Humane Society of the U.S. We give money away to the Coalition for Clean Air, Midnight Mission, Heal the Bay, Tree People, lots of good folks. And uh, I take no salary, so I can give it away as quick as it comes in. Oh, and there's a website? Yep. Begley'sBest.com. As you know, there's no apostrophes on the Internet, Internet web addresses. So it's Begley's, B-E-G-L-E-Y-S, best, B-E-S-T, dot com. And you can get the products there or at Whole Foods. And, of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show at AnimalRadio.com. Ed Begley, Jr. on Animal Radio. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Did you know that guy there? He mm-hmm. actually has a bus pass. One of the only celebrities in Hollywood that has a bus pass. 
and uses it. That's so cool. Very conscious there. It's an Ed weekend. Ed Begley there. And, of course, Eddie Money on the way at ABC. Good morning, America's Dr. Marty Becker. He'll be joining us later on. Hear the theme in the background. I get it. I just sound like such a geeky DJ. <laughs> it's Animal Radio. Animal Radio. I sound so cheery there, don't I? <laughs> you did for a second. <laughs> well, I'm watching you clean up that mess over there in the corner. Studio cats are always vomiting, always cleaning up or something, something like that. Yeah. yeah. We hear problems like this all the time. All week long, we get calls at 1-866-405-8405. My cats vomited. My dogs pooped in the corner. I've got an outrageous mess. So we figured, why not make a contest out of this? Okay. It's the most outrageous cleaning problem contest. I just made that up <laughs> right there. But here's the deal. One listener per week will give you a gift basket valued at 70 bucks from Simple Solution. It includes stain and odor remover, all the things that you'll need to clean up all the pet messes in your home. Even your most outrageous messes, okay? You're going to get the Simple Solution Stain and Odor Remover. You'll get an all-natural pet stain and odor eliminator, as well as a carpet pre-treat product when you have those really tough stains. Mm -hmm. And there's also even a cleaner specially made for hardwood floors. You don't find those a lot. And no. you got to be careful with those hardwood floors. Yes. And then there's an oxygen-activated remover with the power of orange. It smells really great. Mm. It and does. Then to top it off, you'll get one of the UV spot spotters urine detectors. Oh, the one with the black light so you can tell where yeah. your cat you peed can, on the wall. You turn off the light and you take the black <laughs> so, light around. Have you ever heard somebody <laughs> so excited about cat pee? I just want to ask you that. Okay, call us with your most outrageous cleaning problems starting now all week long at one 405 8405 and get registered for this here. Uh, let's go to the phones right now, in fact. one 405 8405 Hi, who's this? This is uh, Dennis in uh, North Carolina. Hi, Dennis. How you doing? I'm doing okay. Thank you. Um, A lot of calls from North Carolina today. Oh, really? Yes. Well, I uh, just got back in the car, so I really hadn't been listening. But um, now I, I was just listening, and uh, we'd been to just been to a Humane Society thing to give away some uh, puppies, trying to find homes for dogs. And uh I was listening to you guys on the way home, and I, uh, we have a, a Cocker Spaniel. He's about, we think he's about 11 or 12. He's an adopted uh, uh, dog. And um, he went blind in one eye uh, about to 10 months ago due to glaucoma, and we had the nerve cells killed, and so he was totally blind there. But we had drops in his other eye to try to stave off the uh, impending, probable impending of going blind in the other eye due to glaucoma. And sure enough, it got him about a month ago. and. Oh. Um, so he's, he's not only is he uh, totally blind now, but he's mm -hmm. also deaf, and he's been deaf for a couple of years. But he seems to handle it okay, except when we leave him alone uh, in in the uh, uh, like if we have an area that we put him in in the pen in a pen under out under a shade tree with a nice doghouse and everything, mm -hmm. and he starts. Uh, he starts spinning in circles. We'll go away, and he come back, and he's just spinning in real tight circles, ah. and spins and spins and spins until he. I'll just get so dizzy it falls down. He never uh, did this before. Um, he has uh, never done that when he was uh, when he had sight. Uh -huh. uh, no, he never had a, this this uh, spinning thing. We what? got a book. 
we got a book on the subject of blind dogs, and, and uh, it said they normally maybe will start spinning to try to find their way, but that's normally an outward spinning. He goes inward, and it just gets the, such a rapid pace, and it, you know, he starts panting real heavily, and uh, we, we're just trying to uh, figure out. He, we're only about a month into this, so he's, I'm sure he's just trying to figure things out. But, Dennis, what's his name? His name is uh, Chuck, Charlie. Charlie. Yeah. Does, does he prefer Charlie or Chuck? Actually, uh, it depends on the person, but we'll call him today. We'll call him Charlie. Okay. <laughs> Have you heard of Spinner? Spinner is a dog. He's in Seattle. He has a website. And the reason his name is Spinner is because of this very same phenomenon. He, uh, I believe he was blind from birth. Okay. You know, dogs, one of their senses, their most sensitive sense is smell. Right. If they lose their sight, they lose their hearing, they have their smell. Right. And when you get up and go, your smell disappears. Charlie or Chuck gets up, and he's looking for your smell, and he spins around. He's he's trying to locate a smell. Ah. And this happens with blind dogs. Yeah. They spin around trying to get uh, the aromas in the air and try to locate things. They're, they're very in tune with that, as you know. Right. So when you get up and go, you say this happens when you leave. Yeah. Where's Daddy? So yeah. he's spinning, trying to find a smell or trying to locate, trying to get his bearings. How long has he been blind, did you say? Well, he's been blind in both eyes now for about a month. Uh, we had the, the procedure to uh, deaden the nerves in the back of the, the optic nerve back there uh, about a month ago, so he's been totally blind. He was blind in the other eye for 10 months, and he handled that okay. Um, and he's been deaf for a long time, so two years at least, and... Uh, but it's about a we're month into it, and uh, like the book we we got said, uh, you know, sometimes it takes uh, older dogs maybe three to six months to try to adjust to this. Of course, it's a big a big change, but uh, you know, we've been trying to put familiar smells in, like mm. we in the little dog house we put out there, a blanket that he likes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the car he's fine. In car he he'll settle down. We've got a blanket in the car that he likes, and he he'll settle down for the most part. But he's uh, he gets really amped up uh when it you know when we're not around and and occasionally he'll get really uh, agitated uh, even if we are around but generally he'll settle down and go to sleep he likes to walk uh, he still likes to walk uh-huh. on long walks and then he comes back and he just you know crashes out so. well try uh you wearing a t-shirt mm-hmm. for a while take off the t-shirt and place it in his little dog area where he is and he'll have right. that scent with him And inside the house, don't move things around. Dogs become familiar with things. Don't move furniture around. And he should adjust just fine. Yeah, he... He uh, he does have he does know some specific uh, hazards in the house now. I mean, he can uh, we, when he's on a leash, he'll he's pretty comfortable on a leash because I think he knows someone is there and, and he mm-hmm. he can handle the stairs. He'll he knows where the stairs are when he comes to them and and then he can come out the front porch and everything. So. And those that's all done by smell now. So yeah. you got to make sure you don't remove don't those smells. Don't around. change your cologne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll try not to do that. So uh, I appreciate it. We may call you back in a few months as we go into this. It's uh, it's, an, it's kind of a challenge to to uh, uh, you know try to try to figure this out. There's actually a lot of great resources online, and uh-huh. we'll post some at animalradio.com as well as Spinner's okay. website, Spinner. uh, which is uh, I oh I don't I don't remember. I'll post it okay. at animalradio.com, and then appreciate for Charlie, I have a couple of books as well as a little gift that you could stink up with your stink and give to him okay Okay. all right thanks for listening dennis hold on don't go anywhere very much Uh uh-huh if you're leaving us now 
Lots more. Stream it online at AnimalRadio.com. Eddie Money next hour. And remember to spay and neuter, always adopt, and never declaw. This is Animal Radio Network. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Whoa, I'm pretty sure that if you put that much jello in a hot tub, you're going to clog the filter. Huh? Oh, we're on? Guido, why don't you. <clears throat> it's Animal Radio. 1 866 405 8405. Hi, who's this? This is Mark. Hey, Mark, how you doing? I'm wonderful. How are you doing? Very good. Where, where are you calling from today? Uh, Norfolk, Virginia. And what can we do for you, Mark? We have a uh, cat, male cat, that's uh, basically, I would say, probably the alpha. And uh, he has a tendency to defecate, uh, go, go poo outside the uh, litter box. Not all the time. He goes uh, in the litter box the majority of the time. But every once in a while, we'll, we'll find a little, uh, a little treat outside the uh, litter box. How often? Uh... What do you think, Buzz? Three times, four times a week? Yeah, about three, four times a week. Three or four times a week, the kitty goes outside of his litter box. And is he, is he urinating outside the litter box, or is he defecating? He's defecating. Okay. Tough problem to deal with. A lot of people have to deal with this. How many cats do you have? We have nine. We have, we have a little brood, that's for sure. <laughs> nine cats. And the one that's uh, going outside the litter, how long has it been part of the family? Five years. Five years. How many litter boxes do you have? We have... Two litter boxes, okay. but, they're very, but they're very large litter boxes. And I hate to say this. I'm not going to make friends by telling you this. You should have one litter box for every cat plus one extra. So if you have three cats, you need four litter boxes. Wow. So you're saying he needs ten litter boxes? He has ten cats. He needs nine. He has nine, nine cats. Nine cats. Then he needs ten litter boxes, unfortunately. Wow. And you'd spread them around the house, too. Don't put them next to each other, right? No, don't line them all up. You need them, especially if your house is, you know, different levels. You need one on every level in different rooms. Because if you line them all up, one cat can terrorize the other cats and guard all the litter boxes. If they're in different rooms, the cat can't, you know, cat can't be everywhere. Is so. this why do you think the cat's going outside the litter box? Maybe he doesn't want to be in the litter box when there are other cats around? Either that or they're dirty. I mean, that many cats in, in two litter boxes, you'd have to cl- clean it every 10 minutes. That's a lot of cats. <laughs> I have fur in my mouth just thinking about that. <laughs> now, are any of the litter boxes covered? Because this is another thing that some cats, if there's other cats in the household, there's territory issues and they'll go outside the litter box because they don't want to be trapped inside the litter box. No, the litter boxes are not covered. We, we put around a, uh, a little... A barricade around them because we have a uh, have a couple dogs too and they you know they like the puppy protein so we try to keep them out of the uh, <laughs> out of there so you're talking about eating the uh, kitty poop yes yes okay here's what I'm going to suggest you do and and I'll bet you this is going to solve your problem you got to right. add some more litter boxes basically it's really pretty simple too many cats too few places to go to the bathrooms all right okay uh, sounds, sounds simple enough the and, only thing that was interesting was that. There was, whenever I'm gone, like I'm military, so when I deploy, uh, my wife tells me that when I'm not there, it's not a problem. He will not go. He doesn't go outside the bat. It doesn't go outside of the litter boxes. Well, you know that can be all kinds of things, but I can tell you that in order to at least start troubleshooting this, we need to do the basics. And the basics are not to have a cover on the litter box, to have as many litter boxes as you have cats plus one, and to make sure that they're clean all the time. 
And, uh, you know, there's always going to be alpha issues, cats that want to dominate the litter box. Sometimes they won't let other cats into the litter box. We see this problem around the studio. We have several studio cats here. Not as many as you have. I don't know how you do it. How do you do it? Uh, we're, well, I don't, you know, it's, it's interesting. We have a, we have a decent sized house. Uh -huh. um, it doesn't, we don't feel like we have that many cats. We are fastidious about keeping the house clean. Um, and we, we're also very fastidious about keeping the litter boxes clean. And it just doesn't feel like we have that many cats, except for the cat hair and <laughs> having to put out and having to put out scratch pads by the uh, uh, by the Couch. couches and chairs. Yeah, we put out scratch pads around them all. Other than that, it just doesn't really. We don't feel like even people who come over say they don't feel like there we have as many cats as we do. So it's a pretty big happy family then. Other than this, I think we're, we're we're quite lucky. Um, we only have one cat that doesn't socialize well with the other cats, and we just kind of keep that cat separated, and that cat's happy uh, happy to be there. I would suggest, Mark, you get an extra few litters there and see if that changes the problem. If it doesn't, give me a call back, and we will definitely solve this problem for you, okay? All right. Well, thank you. Thanks for listening, Mark. Appreciate right, your time. 1-866-405-8405. Hi, it's Lisa Laporta from HGTV's Design to Sell for Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your pet. Remember, the advice you hear on today's show is for entertainment purposes only. Please be sure to consult your own vet regarding your pet. you got, Judy? You didn't know I could move like that, huh? No, I didn't. I didn't know anybody could move like that, <laughs> frankly. I'm learning a lot about you. It's Animal Radio. How are your pets doing this weekend? We want to hear from you. 1-866-405-8405. If you have a dog behavior question, Vlade, the world-famous Russian dog wizard, is with us. If you have a medical question, Dr. Debbie White's joining us. It's Pat. It's Pat. I want to listen. Can I just sit here and listen? I can't do that? I, okay. Sort of a ringmaster for the whole thing. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Hey, Vladi, you want to take another call? Yes, I do. What, what's the deal with your website, by the way? Oh, it's a big pain. You know, the, the, the thing is, you know, uh, I was having some company, and don't want to mention any names, but for several years was hooked on the contract. You know how it goes in America. You sign something, you didn't pay attention to the little script, you know? And uh, when I wasn't happy too much, when I decided to switch, you know, the company started to put some, you know, sticks in my wheels. And uh, how sticks dumb in your was wheels? it? Did you say sticks? Yeah, okay. how dumb, yeah, the American Russian expression. But, okay. you know, how dumb it was, you know, try to challenge the Russians to fight. It's like asking the dancer to dance. Those people forgot... <laughs> Those people forgot, but in this great country, we have more lawyers than the dogs, you know? <laughs> so they gave me everything. Now, my website, 911dogwizard.com, is already up, and I found marvelous company who just took care of me. I love them um, for marketing, website, and hosting. Highly recommend to your listeners. It is uh, Zzz. How say it? It's zealous. Zealousmarketing.com. Zealousmarketing.com. And your website is up, and of course, we're linking to it. Let's go to the phones right now. Hi, who's this? Uh, this is Ken. Hi, Ken. How are you doing? 
Well, pretty fair, pretty fair. It's a beautiful day here in southeastern Pennsylvania. Southeastern Pennsylvania. Where's about? Uh, Lancaster County, right outside of Bowmansville. Bowmansville, okay. You got a dog problem? Yes, I do. I've got a dog that is super sensitive to high-frequency noises and particularly thunder and lightning, and she just goes nuts. She's a okay, half fair. beagle, half retriever, and something, maybe. Uh, okay, a fair. Good dog all around, loves people, but... Uh, 15 minutes before a thunderstorm, she starts going absolutely nuts. Then she starts barking, and she's got a high-pitched bark that drive anybody okay. nuts. Ken, Ken, I already see your pain, and I hope, first of all, you are on the radio with the world-famous Russian dog wizard. Hell, you did not say that. Again, I'm, I caught you. I'm sorry. But anyway, Ken... Uh, I would like to make your life better. You said you have, you're feeling something kind of fair. I'm probably one of the reasons why you didn't say I am okay or I'm fine because that type of the problem, which is uh, making your life some to some degree miserable. So uh, we know why this okay. happening. Please. Uh, I don't know what's happening. Uh, okay. Somebody's car alarm we good? off next to me. Okay. So... Uh, are you driving the truck? Uh, I'm parked right now, but okay. I am parked. So, anyway, so uh, the pressure barometer pressure is dropping. You dog sense it, feel it, and uh, that's creating the panic attack. It's a genetic factor. is having to do with the uh, amount of this with this type of the sensitivity. Is how the dog react to this type of the situation. So my suggestion to you: cannot stimulate or imitate dropping barometer and contra conditioning your dog for that. You know, contra conditioning with behaviorist that call making your dog to like at what what the dog hate. But we can do a couple of another things to make it better. What I would do in your situation, first of all, I would use a great holistic supplement by company uh, name product is Pro Quiet. You can the Google it on internet. Pro Quiet. Uh, this is based on L-tryptophan, which is amino acid, which is uh, Turkey has a lot, and make the dog be calm, relaxed, without any sedations. Uh, in some degree, I, I always consult with the veterinarians, and uh, veterinarians prescribe some medication. But I think you can always start with ProQuiet to calm the dog down. I would give it maybe 40 minutes, one hour before that because you already know when it's going to come because you are probably watching the forecast. Number two, I would distract your dog. I would uh, switch your dog's behavior, uh, attention, and something else. Let me give you some example. When I came to this great country, you know, and after working maybe a couple of years and uh, hard, uh, I mean, I made my couple of boxes very hard, and I invested it. Invested was the company who basically broke me. Um, I was so stressed, so depressed, so upset. Uh, they put all my money in uh, in uh, Nasdaq in that time when it was on highest point and everything dropped. So, but when I was working with the pets, I didn't think about that, Ken, and I felt much better. So, in other words, you have to give your dog some another job to perform instead of thinking about uh, that thunderstorm and a lot of things. So, I really would suggest you to put the color color on leash and. Uh, 
in this situation, like 30 minutes before, when the dog shows any signs of uh, insecurity, I would say, let's go, sit, stay, calm down, and start to making the dog worry about me rather than worry about something else. In other words, I'm not going to suck into this behavior and say, oh, baby, what's going on, and such and such, you know, because you will feed that type of the, the, the animal mind when your, when your dog is in a secure stage. You will do it worse than better. By doing opposite things, you say, let's go, sit, stay, calm down. You distract the dog, and after focusing on the positive, you're focusing when the dog is confident, and you praise the dog with, when the dog is confident. Use American cheese in this situation, or Polish kalbasa with garlic. It's awesome. The dog will just look at you and say, oh, give me, give me. The dog will not going to worry about this thunderstorm, I guarantee you. Also put the backpack with a couple of... Um, you have to put some weight in the packets, like a couple of acafinas uh, in the pocket <laughs> f to make it more heavy. And just walk your dog around the house, make your dog think about something else, give the dog pro-quiet so she will uh, uh, don't think about things and, and feel relaxed. And everything together is going to work. You can also buy CD by name Scary Sounds and play for your dog on the low intensity up to high intensity prior to event. Everything together will help. Uh, look for my DVD, Obedience for Life, that will show you how to establish confidence in your pet. Obedience for Life, um, which can be acquired from my website, now is, which is working, 911dogwizard.com. Here is the Vladi from uh, Animal Radio. Thank you for your call, Ken. 1-866-405-8405. Great ideas. A CD to desensitize your dog to thunder and lightning. And they know. They know 15 minutes before because of that barometric pressure drop. They know exactly. the storm is on the way. And some great tips there. We're going to post those all at AnimalRadio.com. If your animal suffers from the same thing, afraid of lightning, you want to check those tips out. And, of course, links to all of Vlade's, uh, what do you call that, uh, propaganda? Obedience for live DVD. <laughs> You get the DVD. It's all at uh, 911dogwizard.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at animalradio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hello, this is Loretta Swift, and I'm on Animal Radio. And please don't forget spay and neuter. Hey, you want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.CanineCaviar.com. Xenoflora for pets. A safe and effective probiotic formula for your furry four-legged family member. Xenoflora for pets. Helps control yeast and candida. Strengthen the immune system. Improve digestion. Regulate bowel movements. Give your pet the gift of good health. Xenoflora for pets. For more information, call toll-free 1-800-498-6640. That's 1-800-498-6640 for Xenoflora. Listen to the news. Two dogs rescued from a locked car. Emergencies can happen anywhere, anytime. They can even affect your pets. In other news, a local policeman saved a cat today. Being prepared and knowing what to do can be the difference between life or death for you and your pets. 
The same Red Cross you know and trust is the leader in pet first aid preparation and education. Look for dog or cat first aid guidebooks with DVDs online at redcrossstore.org or contact your local Red Cross chapter for more information. The Red Cross is helping protect our pets. Every year, there are millions of pets in animal shelters across the country just waiting for a loving home. I'm Mike Farrell with a very simple message. If you're thinking of getting a pet, please adopt. To easily locate your closest place to adopt, call Pets 911 toll-free at 1-888-PETS-911. It's easy, it's free, and it gives a pet a second chance at life. Together, we can ensure a better future for our pets. For adoptable pet listings in your community, go to Pets911.com. Pets 911, proud to be partnered with Animal Radio. Buddy, don't do that. Don't worry, lots of dogs eat grass. Didn't you hear? Dogs can get worm infections from eggs and larvae in the grass. Those parasites can even infect humans. I know, that's why I give my dog Safeguard K9 Dewormer twice a year. It's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major intestinal worms that infect dogs and to protect my family against infection. Where can I find out more? Just visit www.safeguard.com. That's S-A-F-E hyphen G-U-A-R-D dot com. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And who's this? Yeah, this is Jim. Hi, Jim. How you doing? Oh, pretty good. Where are you calling from? Uh, Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. Well, that sounds like a nice place. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Come on, you can well, convince well, us. Well, as the cats stay off the kitchen counters, I'm happy. You know. Oh, you're having a problem with the cats on the kitchen counters, huh? Yeah, yes, very much. Tables, you know, anywhere I like to put food, I don't like cats or dogs, as far as that goes. How? And, <laughs> you don't like cats, is that what you said? No, not on the table. Oh, not on the counter or the table, okay. Yeah, right. Where food is. Uh, how, long are they, how old are the cats? Oh, uh, well... Well, yeah, the ones that are the, the problem, they're a year, year and a half. Yeah. How many of them are there that are There's doing two. it? Two. There's two. That are... Yeah. And one one is probably about six years old. I actually got her off a farm. She's a pretty nice cat, but I think she's getting bad habits treated. And the other one's a Siamese, and that's the problem, child. Ah, the problem child getting up on yeah. the counters there. Okay, well, yeah. this is something that we even battle with here at the studios at Animal Radio, and Judy's an expert with this. You've tried several things. Some things work, some things don't, and some things work for some cats that don't work for other cats. Mm-hmm. Well, there needs to be something that happens when they get up there, and you can do make something that scares them. You can have, like, a, a can of compressed air and squirt it when they get up on the counter. You need them to associate something bad when they get up on the counter. You can also try the, you know, old standby, the squirt water, old, the squirt bottle. Squirt bottle, yeah. Uh-huh, and squirt them with water when they get up there. Or you can get a soda can, throw some pennies in it, tape the top, and when they get up on the counter, throw the, the can, not at the cat, but on the counter. Just to make noise. Just to make noise. And they need to associate something bad. Uh, you can also find some products out there. There's scat mats. It's a mat that you put up there, and I guess it gives them a little shock on their little feet when they jump up on the counter. Oh. So there's a lot of things you can try. You can try uh, putting aluminum foil on the counter. They jump up there. They don't like that. They don't like the noise. They don't like the feel. And you just got to be consistent. I know I used to have a cat when uh, I would open the front door, I could hear him jumping off the table. <laughs> he would never do it while I was home. What do you keep on your counter? Well, nothing. You know, just... Really nothing. It's just a toaster and mm-hmm. like everybody else probably counter, you know, uh, 
microwave, and, and there's really, but, well, there is a little garbage thing up there. And then if you got, well, you're talking about squirting and all that, that's, that's good, but this cat's clever. She knows she ain't <laughs> supposed to be up there. So if you, you know, if you even move in the living room, she knows you're coming, she's gone, you let, know. Let me ask you this question, because this was the problem that we had here at the studios. Right over the counter was a window, and the cat was going to the window to look at other cats outside the window. Is, is that the situation there? I, I want to know what's bringing your cat up to the counter. Is it that garbage? I don't know. I mean, we've had other cats over the years also that done the same thing. Um, uh, my wife would put up uh, two-faced tape, you know. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, that's kind of a nuisance, you know, for us, actually. Right. You know, and, uh, but, you know, like the, like the kitchen table, there's nothing on there but usually papers and a centerpiece, you know, but they just, you know, cats are. They're curious. <laughs> but, you know, and they got to they gotta learn to stay off, I guess, some people don't mind that, but I do, you know, and that's... Uh, yeah, other than closing them out of the room when you're not there, that's uh, it's a tough call. you got to definitely make it annoying every time they go up there. That's fine me. She's, she's pretty creative. I mean, she even gets into loaves of bread, which I've never <laughs> seen a cat do that. You know, I mean, what the... What? I mean, they... Uh, well, there you are, you know. What is she looking for in the bread? Who knows? I mean, I maybe it looks like food. I don't know. She's she's kind of like a dog as far as when it comes to eat. You know, anything she eats, anything. You know, and, and uh, she just reminds me of a dog. You know, dogs are. I mean, they do anything for food. Sure. Well, I, I think this cat would do anything for food also. Where our other the other two cats? Well, they're 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 kind of finicky. You know, they they don't really care to get into weird stuff. Yeah, get that in the butt as early as you can so it doesn't become a trained habit for them and whenever you see them show them you disapprove and redirect their attention to maybe a cat toy or some catnip when they get off the counter if if they're one of those cats that you can walk up and say you're not supposed to be on the counter and they hop off go ahead and uh, give them accolades for getting off the counter good good boy let them know that you approve of them not being on the counter and that you disapprove of them being on the counter and other than that i give the scat mat a try there judy says it she's tried all of these things so if she says it works it works scat mat or foil Okay. Oh, excellent. Thank, well, you. thank you so much. one 405 8405 Hi, who's this? Hillary. Hi. Hi, Hillary. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. How are you guys? Splendid. Splendid. The fact you guys were talking about everything animals, and I mean, my animals are my children. Of course. So are ours. Um, I actually have joint custody with my mother over my one dog that we did take it to court. A joint cu- Wait, okay, this sounds good. Joint custody of a dog with your mother. This is not an ex-boyfriend or anything. With your mother, and you actually... With my en- mother, and not only that, it's a pit bull. A pit bull, and you ended up in court? Yes. You mean to get custody of your pit bull from your mother, you went to court? Basically, I started college at Penn State, adopted a dog from a shelter that I was working at, And I couldn't keep her in the dorm with me, so my parents agreed, and I paid for, you know, babysitting for dog sitters to come every day and walk her three times a day and play (laughs) with her. Uh And they basically took care of her for a year until I moved out of the dorms, bought my own home, Mm -hmm. and brought the dog to live with me. I had her for about a year, and somebody else I know had found another pit bull in a dumpster in January and said, you know, we need somebody who's good with pit bulls, who knows pit bulls, and will give it a good home. 
would you take it? And at that point, my mother said, oh, well, you're replacing our first dog, Cecily. Give her back to me. I oh. want my dog back. And we ended up actually going and hiring two separate lawyers. Wow. And going to court. And the judge ended up saying, I don't even know what to tell you because the dog was in my name. I paid for everything. But the, like, the bond between it and my mother was stronger than it was between Cecily and I that we finally, the judge said, the best thing I can tell you is work out a schedule where you have joint custody over her. Sure, sure. That sounds like a plan. So how do you get along so, with your mother now? Yes. You do? Yes. Good. And um, I say, like, I, I mean, my fiancé and I rescued a, another, we rescued a bulldog, and he and I, I've already worked it out that he doesn't even realize if something happens and he and I split, the dog will stay with me. <laughs> he doesn't know that yet, does he? He doesn't realize. He doesn't like to pay with checks or credit cards. He always does with cash, so there is no proof he has any ties to the dog. Oh, okay. So if you break up with your fiancé, soon to be your husband, the dog goes with you. Yes, I already made sure of that. I couldn't bear to lose her. Mm. How many animals do you have now? Um, I have, well... Two dogs that I have full time. One I have every other week, and then I had two cats, but one recently passed. But my cat that I have now actually believes she's a dog. Oh yeah, you have one of those, don't <laughs> yes, you? Yes, I do. Follows the dogs. I say around. she won't eat cat food. She'll only eat dog food. She actually does tricks, just like the dogs. You can tell her sit, stay. She goes for walks with the dogs. Oh no. Your cat, Judy, uh, actually plays with dogs, doesn't it? Actually scares the dogs, doesn't it? Well, yeah, he keeps all the the dogs, you know, around the neighborhood come chasing all the cats, and my cat goes out there and chases the dogs Mm. and keeps them away. My cat will play tug-of-war with the dogs with the chew toys. I mean, she really believes she's... And she's, I mean, a little tiny, maybe about four-pound cat playing with two pit bulls and a bulldog. Uh, And she takes them on, and they usually let her... I mean, she beats up on them. Uh, I can just picture that. You also said you had a dog that you see every other week. That sounds like a custody thing. You know, it works very well. I mean, she likes it because she gets to, she loves going on car rides. And, I mean, my mother and I now live three hours apart. And every weekend, one of us drives six hours to pick up or drop ah. off the dog. <laughs> I love it. They've become our children is what they've done. Uh-huh. They, they are. They're my children. They sleep in bed with me under the covers, heads on pillows. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm going to go into the prize closet here, but Hillary, I need a I need a positive answer. How many animals do you have? I have four now. Four animals. Okay, so we have two dogs and two cats. Three dogs, one cat. Three dogs, one cat. Okay, Judy, can we go into the prize closet and dig something out for Hillary's pets? We can put together a nice little package. We'll do that for you. Okay. Oh my God, they'd probably be more. Uh, the cat would probably be more excited than the dogs would. We'll try to make them all happy. Okay. Oh, thank you so much. And thanks for listening to Animal Radio. Oh, no, I'm happy there is Animal Radio. More people need to actually treat them like members of the family, not just pets and property. You know, I'm happy there's Animal Radio, too, because now I can pay rent. <laughs> Hold on a second there, Hillary. All right, thank you. Hold on one second. one 405 A national companion animal organization voices opposition to microchip rule that would endanger the lives of millions of American pets. Hi everybody, I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys, reporting for Animal Radio. The Microchip Advisory Council for Animals has voiced opposition to a proposed rule by the USDA which would require the use of a microchip that is incompatible with the system now used in the United States. This could adversely affect millions of American pets that have been microchipped or will be microchipped in the future.
The tiny rice-sized microchip is used in millions of pets and horses and can save the life of an animal that's lost or displaced after a disaster or one that simply wanders away from home. Many shelters and rescue organizations microchip 100% of the pets adopted, and thousands of veterinarians offer the service to their clients. More than 1,200 calls a day are placed by veterinary hospitals, humane societies, and rescuers who are looking for a microchip number to reunite pets with their owners. Microchip numbers are maintained in pet recovery databases that work together to provide the information necessary for animal care providers to quickly reunite lost or displaced pets with families 24 hours a day, every day of the year. The identification system has grown rapidly since 1996 when microchip manufacturers complied with compatibility requests from veterinary and shelter organizations. Since that time, scanners used in recovery efforts have been able to read all chips made in America regardless of the manufacturer. In the wake of numerous disasters such as Katrina and the California wildfires, the council has become the voice of microchip users who want to safeguard and enhance the system so many depend on now. Council members form the infrastructure of the current practice of microchipping pets and horses in this country. The organization has voiced its strong opposition to a proposed rule that is being considered by the USDA. This proposed rule would require an incompatible change in the microchip frequency in America. This would cause a huge problem for animal caregivers and needs careful consideration. For the Veterinary News Network at myvnn.com, I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys, reporting for Animal Radio. Hi, this is Bob Barker, listening to Animal Radio. Help control the pet population. Have your pets spayed or neutered. Every once in a while, there comes along a special group of animal lovers that stands strongly in defense of the voiceless. Animal People is that newspaper for people who really care about the animals. Animal People is published ten times yearly. The publisher is a nonprofit corporation dedicated to exposing the existence of cruelty to animals and to informing and educating you so that animal lovers worldwide can eliminate such cruelty. Your subscription is $24 a year and is 100% tax deductible. Get Animal People's fair and accurate investigative reporting from the industry watchdog. Visit our website at www.animalpeoplenews.org. That's www.animalpeoplenews.org to subscribe to the news for people who care about animals. Animal People. Subscribe today at www.animalpeoplenews.org. We all know dogs love to go for car rides. Giving water to your dog while you drive, however, can be a problem. The to-go bowl by Furry Travelers is the first and only travel water bowl to fit into a car's cup holder. Complete with splash guard and lid, the to-go bowl allows your pet to drink whenever he wants. You can find the to-go bowl at many local pet stores, websites, and at www.furrytravelers.com. Don't leave home without your to-go bowl. Your furry traveler will love you for it. Fido-Friendly Magazine. Perhaps you can do without it, but for kibble's sake, think of your dog. At last, a voice for us traveling canines. Until now, few have taken mobile pooches seriously. After all, who appreciates warm shelter and a comfy bed more than a dog? Fido-Friendly, the travel magazine for you and your dog. 
a quarterly guide to Fido-friendly accommodations in the United States and Canada. Because if Fido ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Subscribe at FidoFriendly.com. Your dog will thank you. Woof. Global Pet Finder is the world's first GPS location device for pets. Simply attach Global Pet Finder to your pet's collar and you can monitor your dog's location 24-7. Use our geofence feature or simply dial found from your wireless device. And every three minutes, Global Pet Finder will send you a message with your pet's exact location. For more information, visit us at www.globalpetfinder.com and find peace of mind today. Hi, I'm Jay Moore, and as a sports fan, I can tell you there's nothing quite better than spending a day in the park playing catch with a beautiful lady. Like Shirley, my dog. Listen, adopt a pet. They are the most loyal companions you will ever have. Visit Pets911.com or call 1-888-PETS-911. Hooray! For more information, go to Pets911.com. Proud to be a partner of Animal Radio. This is an Animal Radio News Update. Hi, this is Kay Brown reporting for Animal Radio. An Iowa dog has become the first in America to have a plastic corneal implant to restore her sight. Groundbreaking surgery at Iowa State University has given new life to Dixie, whose owner said she had become scared and less active since losing her sight, but now the seven-year-old Mountain Cur is back to chasing squirrels. It's a big deal because donor corneas often fail after being rejected by the new host. More than 80 giant pandas at China's most famous panda park, the Wulong Center, are reported to have escaped injury in the huge earthquake that has devastated Sichuan. However, there are concerns other endangered animals are still unaccounted for. In a bizarre move, China has refused an offer by the Czech Republic to send in a team of highly trained rescue dogs and their handlers to help find the thousands of people trapped under the rubble. The Chinese government suggested sending financial aid instead. In California, a happy ending for a stolen ex-shelter dog called Buddy, who was found 750 miles from home by his microchip. Just three months after Mark Hench got the little white dog from a Ventura shelter, his neighbour told him someone on a bicycle grabbed Buddy and pedalled off. Hench spent weeks looking for the pooch, only to get a call from Texas saying that Buddy was at the Fort Worth Animal Shelter and could he pick him up. Hench, who's disabled, couldn't, but a group called Rescue Angels on Wheels alerted a string of volunteers to drive Buddy to his front door and a very happy reunion. Meantime, a British woman says she now believes in animal psychics after P. Horsley described the exact location of her lost and trapped Jack Russell Terrier. Nikki Newcomb had searched for her JRT Marmite for a week without success, but following the landmarks that the clairvoyant described over the phone, she found the pooch trapped inches from water in a disused canal. In Japan, they don't know if it's the change of scenery or whether he's simply homesick, but a prized stallion imported into Japan from America seems to have lost his get-up-and-go, if you get my drift. The Japanese owners say they've tried everything to pep up Kentucky Derby winner War Emblem's love life. A private harem, a limitless supply of Viagra, nothing. One handler even went to Sapporo's red light district and bought 300,000 yen worth of special Chinese medicines. Nobuo Tsunoda, director of the prestigious Shadai Stallion Station on Japan's northern island of Hokkaido, says War Emblem isn't impotent, he's just very choosy about his women. Mr Tsunoda said the $17 million stallion has been presented with hundreds of mares but only mated with a few. He apparently just doesn't like sex anymore. 
Lastly, have you ever wanted to be immortalised by having something named after yourself? A star, perhaps, or maybe a new variety of a beautiful flower? Well, singer-songwriter Neil Young is one up on his fellow musos. He has his own spider. East Carolina University biologist Jason Bond discovered a new species of trapdoor spider and chose to name it after his favourite musician. Say hello to Maya Medkia Phil Neil Youngy. Apparently the way trapdoor spiders can be distinguished from each other is differences in their genitalia. And no, Mr Bond didn't say whether Maya Mediafila Neil Youngy is bigger or smaller in that department. I'm Kay Brown for Animal Radio. For more information, go to pettalkradio.com.au. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at animalradio.com. our connection with our pets every weekend right here. Thanks for joining us. It's Animal Radio. You lucky devil, you. 1-866-405-8405. I'm excited, but yet strangely scared, I guess. Vlade Putin, who you're always talking about, he just uh, lost power, didn't he? New guy in. Putin would never lose the power. It's just undercover, under undercover. Putin now moved uh, the guy who is reporting for him, uh, you know, uh, who was reporting to him up, and now he's like become, like you say in, in English, a gray cardinal. Ah, oh, okay, so he's still the alpha dog. So you have to, you have, you still need to remember his name because your bush soon will disappear forever, but the Putin will be with us, with us for, for a while. <laughs> oh, it already has. It already has. Okay, one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. We've digressed, taken the show to the lowest common denominator. Uh, hopefully, caller, you'll bring it back. Who is this? This is George Loudon. Hi, George. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing all right. Where are you? I got a, oh, right at the moment, I'm in Maryland. I'm a truck driver. I live in West Virginia, though. And you're in Maryland now. You're on the side of the road. You're at a rest stop, right? Yeah, I'm in a rest area. Okay. I wanted to make sure there. <laughs> you know, there's new laws. You can't drive on the cell phone anymore. Don't laugh at me, Vladi. They got laws. Exactly. Because well, sometimes when Vladi talks, people d- falling from the chairs. Yeah, they know, drive so off I the road. Sure he still has a will in his hands. You know? Well, sir, you are on with Vladi. Okay, well, yes. I have two chihuahuas. Uh, oh, boy, the couldn't you get chihuahuas. the real I can't ahead, get a real dog. <laughs> I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> Actually, they're just the right size. <laughs> okay, go uh, ahead. I'm kidding. Anyway, what the problem is, what the problem is, is there's uh, only one brand of pet food that they will eat, and out of the variety in that particular brand... There's only two kinds that they'll eat, okay? And then okay. they'll go for three or four days and will not eat nothing. And I don't know, I don't know what what that is. They don't seem to be losing okay. any weight. Okay, okay. 
let let me explain to you what you need to do and give you a couple of options. Uh, we are not here to promoting any dog food, and uh, and I just uh, would like to let you know what is my experience is and what you should do. First of all, I'm pretty sure you are allowing your pets to eat as the cats, like you know, just giving them food all the time, and uh, you know this type of their um, environment. The dogs go to the dog food and eat whatever they want, and such and such. Um, you know, the dog's digestive system is not set up that way to digest the food all the time. They are not the cow. They need to have a, some type of a schedule. Your little chihuahuas, they're still the dogs, not the cats. So in the nature, wild dogs or wolves, if they kill someone, they eat it and have to don't eat for a couple of three days, two, three days anyway. So I'm not suggesting you that, but what I do suggest you, so you would put it on the schedule. Make sure one or two times per day, give your chihuahuas dog food um, and tell them wait, of course, and after say, okay, go ahead. If they don't like to eat it or they don't want to be disciplined, and don't want to eat in that way, it's okay. Just pick up the, let, let it, let it be on the floor for 10, 15 minutes after pick it up and offer them another time. They maybe will not want to eat it like this. Maybe, maybe one, two days after that, they're going to eat very well. I mean, you know, when I, when I, when I, uh, went to the Red Army, uh, back in the Soviet Union, I didn't want to eat their food for probably two weeks because my mom's uh, food was much better. But after that, after two weeks, I ate really well. So back to the dog food. Yeah. After, you know, uh, regarding the dog food, I really would get some type of the fish flavor. It's a my exp- it's a my experience. The little dogs love the any dog food which has a fish inside. My suggestions would be um, wellness uh, wellness company. Uh, products name Core, C-O-R-E, which is no grain and uh, has a great fish flavor, not the fish flavor, it's basically based on the fish. It's a marvelous dog food. You can use that one. If that's not going to help, please send me email at vladi at animalradio.com and I will send you as a gift, exclusive from me, uh, a product by name um, Picky Eater. What it is, it's a liver from ostrich. Paul, uh, hell, am I, if I announce, announce it, pronounce it right, correct my English. Ostrich? ostrich? Yeah, ostrich. Yeah. You're the funny yeah. looking it's a bird. Liver, it's an ostrich liver in powder. You can sprinkle on the food. Dogs die for that thing. So if you're going to eat it, uh, uh, bolt along with the dog food if, if I will send it to you. But I would like you first do this thing which I suggested. And we always will go to the escalation. Give that a shot okay. there, George. Okay. I appreciate the, the information. Uh, you know, that's what we've been doing is just setting it down there for them and, you know. What, I know you've been doing this, but, but what you are not doing it, you should, rem- I would like you, uh, George, I would like you to hear me well. I would like you after remove it after 15, 20 minutes and bring the next time. Okay. And make sure it should be fresh. Not this, you know, put it a little bit. Don't, don't uh, leave it on the floor. Okay? Do a little bit Red Army type of the routine for your little chihuahuas. <laughs> Thank you for your call, George. No free Okay, feeding. guys. We receive so many calls, and the people emails me, and I know emails to the animal radio. I guess when the Vlad is in there, phone is on a hook all, all the time, and we love every email. We love every call, and we ask the people send us emails and give us a call, but I would like to share with them right now with the 
people who are driving the trucks or the beautiful ladies who are, you know, working around the house or right now all across America. We, we know probably right now about five, six million people are listening to us. I would like to share with you one big secret. Everyone grab the pencil, pen, and paper. Paper? Paper. Paper. Piece can of the paper. Can you hand me a pencil, English, please? Always confusing. I would like to share with you one big secret. Listen, people. Don't be looking for the short-term solutions to your long-term problems. Any behavior... Let's address the cause of this problem. Any behavior problems in dogs, as well, probably among the human pack as well, reflect just one simple thing that is lack of the structures and lack of the obedience in the puppy's life so become the leader for your pets or your world will never change come down people to the real issue and that real issue is your relationship with your pets this is the Vladi and Animal Radio Стильность моего куплета Ощутить телом колорит жаркого лета Не бойся, пусть ко мне поближе Знаешь, не обижу Мне очень нравится то, что перед собой я вижу Твоя изящность, то, от чего я... Yes, I have to be on the other side of the room because I just let go. I, he has to stay away from me. Uh, we had a fun stuff today. Yes, it's a good you said me. Get back. <laughs> Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. 1-866-405-8405. Going back to the phones in just a few minutes. First, Dr. Marty Becker joining us from ABC Good Morning America, who's a, a practicing vet. Actually, you've been, how long have you been practicing? Uh, coming up 30 years. When are you going to really do it? That's what I want to know. Enough practice. You're, I think you've got it under your belt. I think you know what you're doing. You know, the other day I came across the, the veterinary smock that I first had, and I got out of veterinary school, and somehow that thing really shrunk. <laughs> they have a way of doing that, don't they? Yeah, it, look, the it looked like a little vest now instead of a smock. Oh, yes. And speaking of shrinking, watch this cool segue here. We've been talking about exercising your pets. And as the winter, they've gained that winter fat. I see all the cats around here. They have that winter fat. Time to get off the couch and work out, right? Right. And you, you know the great thing about work, you know, working out with your dog or walking with your dog? You can bust a gut and not your budget. You know, the Bowflex Ultimate costs fifteen ninety nine, and the budget Stairmaster is twenty four ninety nine, and a typical gym membership is you know fifty dollars to two hundred dollars per month. And you know, for a can of Alpo a day and, and a nail trim, you got to do is put your shoes on and and get your leash on and and head out the door. Yeah. And some people ask, you know, how much, you know, what's a good way to get started? And and you don't want to, you know, train for the marathon the very first time you go out. I always recommend when you're walking your dog, you go two blocks, which is about 200 yards per 10 pounds of body weight per day. So two blocks or 200 yards per 10 pounds of body weight per day. Is that your body weight or your dog? Your dog. <laughs> okay. And then you're going to aim to increase that 5 to 10% per week. There's a lot of math there. Yeah, make, and make sure. So if, let's, let's, say you have a, let's just say you have a 40-pound dog, okay? okay? So you're going to go four, that's, you know, just two blocks per 10 pounds of body weight. So that's four, that's eight blocks a day. And then you can aim to increase that 5 to 10% per week. And typically for a pet, you know, it's just like Weight Watchers, exactly. They're going to lose 1% to 2% of their body weight 
uh, per week, and it's going to take six to 18 months to get that weight off of them. But one of the first things you notice, you don't have to get all the weight off. You just have to get, you know, 10% of the excess weight off, and you'll help people, you know, notice the dog's getting to its feet quicker. It has more exercise uh, tolerance, and really what you don't know on the inside is that, you know, the liver and kidney functions are returning to normal, and the risk of heart disease, cancer, and joint disease greatly diminishes. And you did say six to 18 months. Six to 18 months to get the weight off. Can't do it just for a week. Right. Can't do it just once. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, for people, too, again, it's so, you know, not just for dogs do the pounds melt away, but the behavioral problems melt away. Oh. How's that? We've talked before about, you know, how dogs, you know, don't want to be born retired. You're really giving them a job to do. They, you know, you know they consider their job now is to go for this walk, and they get to strut their genetic stuff. You know, the retriever gets to maybe take a break and retrieve somewhere or at least sniff a bird that walked across the ground and the dog gets to alert to another dog that's doing the sing-song in the neighborhood and it uh, you know the veterinary behaviors say all the time uh, uh, a tired dog is a happy dog ah. and so you know we know we know the problems with behavior so you're, you're you're getting two birds with one stone here PetConnection.com is Dr. Marty Becker's website. Check it out. Of course, links to everything you've heard at today's show at AnimalRadio.com. Doc, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, my friend. Boy, I am just tripping all over my words. (laughs) You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Celebrating our connection with our pets. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Please hand me my air guitar. Thank you. Hey, Eddie. Hal. Eddie Money, ladies and gentlemen. Woohoo! Uh, you know what's so amazing about you? I got. <laughs> I grew up to you. You're still like the only rock star that's still alive. I know. There's a lot of us gone. You know, you gotta you gotta keep your head together. You gotta keep your sobriety in action. Not smoke a lot of cigarettes without to keep your weight down. There's a thousand things you gotta do to do a good show. You know. Well, yeah. you're doing it, obviously. I'm doing the best I can. I got five kids that are driving me crazy, and uh, <laughs> but I tell you, we're getting. I gotta find some wood to knock on because the critics are raving about the show lately. You know. Well, you're on tour right now, and uh, a brand new album came out in what February? Yeah, it just came out. It's called Want to Go Back. Actually, it's a record. Uh, you see, make a long story short, my <laughs> my organ player, my keyboard player, is a CPA, and he had uh, he had a, he had free access to, to the record plant, which is a great facility uh-huh. in California. They have one in Sausalito, and they also have one in um, Los Angeles. And we had the opportunity to go in there, and he said, "Do you want to make a new record?" I said, "If I don't want to make a record, I want to make a record of songs I did in high school." He says, "What are you talking about?" I says, "All the stuff that I sang in high school, I never got a chance to go back." And redid it, and I, and I said I don't want to do it like Hall and Oates, and uh-huh. and, and and do it. Well, well Hall and Oates had a great version of their record, you know, for the South Philly sound. Uh-huh. But I wanted everything to sound exactly like the record uh, that, that that I was listening to songs like, you know, um, CC Rider by Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels, oh. or uh, uh, we did another song called um, 
you don't need me by the uh, by the foundations and fill me up buttercup by, by the foundations <laughs> and uh, we did uh, a, a, a cannibal and a headhunter the hunters I said and we did land of a thousand dances the record was a lot of fun and I'm really I gotta find I'm very happy with the success of the album right now and people really like it my daughter's singing on the record she's a great little vocalist is this her debut this is her debut right now, yeah. Wow. Well, I'm looking at the tour dates here. Jeez, oh my God. How many tour <laughs> dates are there? Hey, I got five kids. I'll do anything to get out of the house. <laughs> at least uh, to support them, you got to do this. Well, there's, uh, and i, I got to say this because we have a lot of affiliates in California about where you're uh, playing. There's a lot of great tour dates, so you want to check out Eddie Money's website to find out when he's going to be in town near you at eddiemoney.com. Well, uh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. So five kids, you must have pets or animals around the house, huh? Oh, yeah. we got a Basset Hound. He's a great in the world, you know, and of course we got my son's got snakes and scorpions, which I don't go anywhere near. <laughs> don't do the reptilians, huh? Yeah, but you know, I tell you, well, I love my basset hound. He's such a great, he's such a great dog, and I've done a lot of work with uh, with Mark McGuire and with Tony Larusa for the Animal Rescue Foundation. Oh, Arf, yes. So, what kind of things are you doing with uh, Tony Larusa? And, and uh... well, I work with Tony. Anytime I get a phone call from Tony, we go way, way back when he used to be with the Oakland A's, and and anytime he got a phone call, anything I can do for animals. You know, the same thing that goes for you guys. If I could stick it on my schedule, I'd be glad to help because, you know, these are four defenseless creatures that God created for, you know, to keep us great company, and I just love them to death. So uh, I'm very familiar. I love animals, and I do everything I can. If it was up to me, I'd, I'd have a thousand animals in the house. Kids are pretty much, they're actually just a little better than animals. Well, I don't know about that. i got to replace a 2000 rug right now that the dog went on. We can't seem to get that up. <laughs> oh, really? You mean, you mean he went he went poo on the rug? Yeah. Oh, you know what? we got some I've stuff. Got we got some, some stuff that'll products. get it up. I heard about that. We tried everything. I've had seven people out there to clean that rug. <laughs> <laughs> so how long has the Basset Hound been around? What's the Basset Hound's name? Uh, well, this, this, right now, it's Dead, Deadly is his, his name. Deadly Do-Right. <laughs> And he's a sweetheart of a dog. I love him. He's got the longest ears in the world, and he's great, you know. And we just, uh, we love him to death. He's just fantastic. It's amazing that you have so much energy to tour, to do all these, uh, to, to record, and to help the animals. I mean, how do you have the energy to do that? <laughs> Seriously. Well, you know what? I'll tell you the truth. You know, you get up in the morning. If, if you don't, if you're not out there knocking down a bunch of drugs and drinking and going crazy, and you get a lot of exercise, I play golf. I try not to use the car. I walk the course. Uh, you know, I, I eat kind of eat, try to eat the right foods. I drink a lot of coffee. I'll tell you that much. And uh, you know, God has given me a pretty good constitution. He's given me a really strong voice, and we just to get out there. And what we try to do to tell us, we try to sound exactly like the record. When I made my records, I made my records pretty much live. I did everything in one or two takes. Uh -huh. So when people come out and see me and they say to me, you sound just like the record, that's the best compliment you could possibly get, you know, from anybody. Yeah, there's a lot of artists that don't, that you listen to their live concerts and it's totally different from the studio recording. Yeah, we, 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 we sound, you know, if you put on the record and you, you listen to the record and you love Eddie Money, the best thing you could do is go live and see me live. You know, because I went to see Led Zeppelin and the first time I saw Led Zeppelin, it was before the first Led Zeppelin album came out. They played everything note for note uh -huh. the way the first record was going to sound. I was blown away. I went to see him <laughs> two nights in a row. Then I went to see him three years later, and I think that they were doing a bunch of drugs and everything. They showed up so late, and everything sounded so bad. It sounded nothing like the record, and I said to myself right then and there, if I have the opportunity to become a recording artist, which luckily enough I did, I'm going to make sure that this never happens to me. Did you uh, grow up with pets as a child? Oh, 
sure, yeah. My father was a cop, so we always said that I had a Belgian. I had like uh, a German Shepherds, you know, which was great. And of course, I had a bunch of Scottish Terriers. And I've always had a million cats. Uh-huh. Were you going to be a cop yourself? I was. Uh, I was on the police department myself for two years, but you know what? How my hair was getting really good in the back. You know, <laughs> I mean, I really couldn't see myself in uniform for twenty years. I said, "Boy, if this is going," I said, "I should have joined Marine Corps or the Navy or something." Because now I'm going to have to listen to my sergeant, and I'm going to listen to my lieutenant, and I'm going to be in this uniform for the next twenty years, like my father. Uh-huh. I said, "This isn't me," and and so I quit the police department, like the Beatles said. <laughs> Got myself a stand. I moved out to California. And then I was signed by the legendary Bill, Bill Graham and uh, uh, Columbia Records, and we sold millions and millions of albums. I should have saved the money, huh? Ah. Hey, <laughs> I, I was hoping you were. I mean, having five kids isn't going to help. <laughs> well, they're five beautiful kids, and they're nice to the dogs, so that's great. Very good. Eddie Money, we appreciate you uh, spending time with us today. Well, thank you so much for the call, and I really, my, uh, my, my heart goes out to a... It's really great to have a radio station just dedicated to animals. This is really fantastic. Well, thank you. But you got a real feather in your cap there, and you know what? I'll tell you, everybody, everybody, I mean, not everybody, but everybody that I know, you know, has got a pet, uh, got a dog or a cat or something else like that. It's, uh, I mean, I think it, it, they're the greatest company in the world is having a pet, you know? Well, good to hear, Eddie. Thanks for joining us. That's all we have time for this hour. Remember, we are streaming online 24-7 at AnimalRadio.com. Lots more at AnimalRadio.com. And we're on your cell phone. Text ANIMAL to 27627. And remember to spay and neuter, always adopt, and never decline. This is Animal Radio Network.